0: On today's podcast, we talk about the pros and cons of thyroid and hormone medications. So if you're taking levothyroxine or lyothyronine or different types of thyroid hormones, it may be creating more damage than good for the body because of how our body has to turn down receptor sites and sensitivity to those things and why ultimately you might not be feeling better even though you're taking these things that are supposed to help you feel better. So take a listen. If this sounds like you, please reach out or share, subscribe, save the podcast so that we can continue to share the information to all the women out there. When you look good, you feel good. Uh That's the only way I feel you should. Coulda, woulda, never did it for you. Uh Gotta do it for the love. Love. Do it for the culture. Feel it in your soul life like a roller coaster. Got its ups and its downs, but you gotta keep going. going. Don't stop when you still got motion. Stay dedicated daily. Devotion.
1: Happy Monday, everyone. Happy hey. Valentine's Day week. Hope that you all had a great Super Bowl weekend. Rooting for the 49ers.
0: Yeah, I think we probably will too. This morning, <laughs> for my poor husband. This morning, Carson goes, Dad, remember when the Eagles lost so bad? <laughs> <laughs> like, out of nowhere, he just says this. And I just like, Carson, don't say that. It makes Dad sad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's so funny. Oh my gosh. I also spent a long time last week putting together all of their valentines. Cause there are 19 children in Taylor's class and 13 in Carson's and the teachers and Taylor can't sign her name. So, you know, luckily
1: Carson did his, but yeah, it's just a lot. I just bought a couple of years ago. We were in the Dells and they had kind of like some pre-made ones Mm -hmm. that you didn't have to do too much. Um, And we did, like, the veggie straws. They were really cute. They were, like, the heart. Oh, cute. Veggie straw type things. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, I just bought, like, a little, Walmart is where it's at for stuff
0: like that. yeah. So cheap. Mm -hmm. I bought, like, little plastic Valentine's baggies. And they have little twist ties. And I just bought um, some Hershey Kisses and Valentine's fruit
1: snacks. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. No peanuts.
1: Oh, yeah, because of the.
0: Because every child has a
1: peanut allergy. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't really celebrate Hallmark holidays, so no. it was like whatever.
0: No, it's last year. I totally was not thinking, and I got Reese's, and I was like, "These don't have peanuts in them." Oh,
1: it's
0: <laughs> a mom moment. But yeah, we're it's all okay. we're ready for ready for Valentine's. Whatever that. I mean, I have a call at like six p.m. that night, so I was like, "Sorry, I'll, I'll, we'll hang out after."
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, my husband more so like the international women's day. I'd rather celebrate that. Yeah. When is it? I believe it's in March, Mm. March 8th. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I think, uh, everybody to each their own (laughs) on this one. I I just don't want Nick to wait. Like I don't like getting flowers. I love getting them. I think they're great, but also they're stupid expensive, and they just exactly. die.
0: That's the thing. Like they're so expensive. I don't take care of them, and then they die. And Nick walks in my office, and he's like, "What happened to the flowers?" And
1: I'm, I, I can't even take care of a cactus. Okay, I, <laughs> <laughs> listen. <laughs> I forgot what movie it was, but. Um... It was a really good movie.
0: <laughs> How do we lose a guy in 10 days where she's like, you let it die. I yeah. love her. No. That one. Cause that's no. great too.
1: No, uh, it was a different one that we watched and she's like a spy. Um, and
0: Sandra Bullock.
1: Uh, I don't I don't remember. Or do you remember who? I don't know. She's
0: got a weird
1: name. Yeah, she's got a weird name. Anyways, she's like a spy. And so she was like working at this, like uh, farmer's market and m- meets this guy. And anyways, he like blows her up like text message wise. Cause she's like, Oh, I got to go on a trip. I'll be back. It was one of her missions. And then he like follows her or like finds out where she's at and goes yes. there and whatever and whatever. Yeah. So they had like met over a cactus cause she was basically saying like, you know, I'm never going to be home to like water my plants as much. So anyways, Art got me this really cute. Um, it's like three little cups that says MOM on it. And each of them have a cactus in it and it sits on my bookshelf in my office when he redid it. And he'll always be like, did you water your cactus? And I'm like, Nope, uh, it died. My cactus died, Uh, I can keep an orchid alive because they don't require much. Uh, And if I see it, if it's out, like I don't look at the cactus on my bookshelf all the time. But if I see the orchid, you know, in my kitchen where I can keep that thing for like at least a year and a half. Yeah. Yep.
0: I'm not good with plants. I don't take care of, I'm like straight up honest. I don't take care of things. I don't. I take care of our business and my family and they are fed and bathed and clothed. But like cleaning and stuff, we're actually looking for a cleaning lady right now because yeah. I am done. I am done spending hours on the weekend, every weekend, mm-hmm. cleaning our house.
1: Yeah. It's it's as way too much stress. So much. Yeah. We just, um, I was telling Becca before we hopped on, we're both a little bit just like kind of tired today. And I was <laughs> telling her that uh, our sermon at church on Sunday was really good. It was talking about just like burnout and kind of you know things to evaluate and i was like i think i checked the box on a majority of those and it's not every day not every day different um times of the cycle today it's like gloomy struggled to get up go to the gym it was leg day it was fine but it was just like yeah it's like yeah gloomy and cold and i'd rather be in my bed Mm -hmm. and then turned on my
0: happy light and did not make me happy (laughs) (laughs) didn't work didn't work today Damn it
1: So you guys know, just, you know, we have our days too and uh, all the quirks and things behind. There's also nothing that replaces coffee. That does bring a little bit of joy. I'm
0: not not having it right now. And
1: it makes me really sad. Yeah. One of my clients, one of my clients last week, she's like, you seem sad. And I said, well, now that I think about it, I... (laughs) didn't have coffee today. And I got my period. That wasn't a good combination. Bad time to quit coffee. Um, so, and I'm, I'm now waiting for my matcha to arrive. Cause I, um, had a lot of really good feedback. And so I went with the peak B I P I Q U E. Um, actually, uh, so thank you for those of you who responded on Instagram. That's always great. One of my clients, she took it a step further and you guys, if you want to do something nice for somebody, follow Kristen's approach. She got an email from Dr. Mark Hyman. It was his picks. And at the bottom of that email, there was a 15% off code. So instead of just responding to my question box, she just simply forwarded me the email. I saved 15% of my order and I got a free 12 pack sample. I was like, you're the best. Thank you. That's awesome. So I wasn't going to buy that $50 matcha thing, but now I did because I like coupons. I hate paying for shipping and I won't order (laughs) if it requires shipping. And if there's a bonus of a free sample pack, I'm all about it. So too bad she didn't have a coupon code, but Mark Hyman got the credit for that one. So that was just very sweet of her. I'm curious to see what the matcha's like because I'm I've never tried matcha. Oh, I'll make you one. I have a good one. I have a good organic one. I'm just almost out. Oh. But I can make you one. They're okay. they're good. I like it to be a little bit um you need some sort of like sweetness to it. So yeah. I'll usually put a little like monk fruit or stevia. Um you could put, you know, like a flavored. Stevia, mm-hmm. or something like that, in there. And then maybe like some cinnamon is really good. Yeah,
0: I definitely. Oh, maybe I'll add some cinnamon to my rice. So I've started drinking rice again as like, you know, alternative because I have four bags of rice
1: that too. I have not touched.
0: <laughs> so maybe I'll work through one of them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and maybe I'll do a giveaway. Who knows? And the well I'm giving cream. away my rise hot chocolate so if you guys need some sleep support Becca and I do not need sleep support Support. Uh, <laughs> I, war- I warned you I was not expecting it to be that
0: fast I took it at like I started drinking it at 830 by 850 you guys I was passed out on the couch like couldn't keep my eyes open uh-huh. and I woke up and Nick was like I mean at least you weren't snoring I was like I'm, I never get that tired and I have no problem falling asleep so like I didn't really need it, but it. if you plan on taking it, do not take it. If you want to stay awake for an extra thirty minutes, because you <laughs> will
1: be out. Yeah, the, I told you, I was like within thirty minutes. I was like, I I have to go to bed right now. And I think I drink <laughs> it at like eight. I mean, so my husband always makes fun of me because he's like, babe, it really doesn't matter if we're watching like, well, select comedies. I will stay up for, but uh, comedy or a show you pick or a show I pick. If you're tired, like if I'm tired, there's nothing in my brain that rationalizes me staying awake to finish this movie because I, my body just basically shuts down. It's like the day (laughs) is done. The computer is away. Your child is asleep or maybe sometimes he's not even asleep and I'm just falling asleep on the couch. So yeah, Yeah. if you guys need some rise, it's, it's good. Uh, they're hot cocoa, sleepy time, whatever. Uh, I just don't need any sleep support. No,
0: I do not either. So um, speaking of sleep support and stress and all of the things that a lot of times will happen when there are hormonal imbalances going on, we wanted to talk today um, around a few different types of hormones and hormone prescriptions and hormone therapy. We did a podcast a couple weeks ago around types of hormone therapy and what types we feel are best for the majority of people. Um, so take a listen to that if you did not, but today we wanted to talk a little bit more around thyroid as well, thyroid prescriptions and certain types of hormone prescriptions that cause large buildup or are a large dose of hormones to the body and what that can cause because it it makes things a lot worse when it comes to coming off of them if you want to, or you know ultimately how you feel. Uh, so hormone imbalances obviously occur within the body often. Uh, one thing that we want to make clear, and I think we've talked about on a lot of different podcasts is that hormones are rarely, if ever the root problem because they are downstream. Mm -hmm. They are, they are affected. I love Dr. Carrie Jones. She's like, hormones are divas. They, they make a lot of noise. They get really, really dramatic about things, but like, they're never really the problem. It's, it's something else going on. And, there can be multiple issues. Like high levels of inflammation can cause hormone issues. Can, gut dysfunction's a big mm-hmm. one. Blood sugar dysregulation, stress, or HPA axis dysfunction, aka from stress, liver burden. All of those things will impact the processing of your hormones. They will impact the sensitivity of your hormone receptors. The, because hormones are essentially messengers. They're just they're doing a job that someone told them to do. And so it's more the boss's problem than it is the employee's problem, right? So, but the problem is that we're Americans or most of us listening are, and we want immediate gratification for things. We want to feel better now, right away. We want to look better right away and we want to function better right away. And medications are kind of a false promise of that because you might initially feel better, but what are they doing downstream? Because for example... Levothyroxine, which is one of my least favorite prescriptions. I'm not saying it's never good, but a lot of the time it is not. And it is not necessary. I think it's one of the most over-medicated prescriptions. Mm -hmm. But about 1 in 10 people in America are on it, which is insane. Even worse, they stay on it. And dosing increases over and over and over because you don't feel better. Because, again, the thyroid's not the main issue. So yeah. you're trying to fix a problem that's not the problem.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's really sad because especially when it comes to thyroid, we see a lot where people struggle to just get a full thyroid panel done. Today, I'm actually uh, reading lab work to a, a client of mine who has never had a full thyroid panel done. And lo and behold, she's got pretty high TPO antibodies. And so generally, if you go into your DO. OBGYN, whoever it is that's just kind of running your annual panel, you'll see a TSH, which is not a thyroid hormone. That's a thyroid stimulating hormone that comes from your pituitary gland. And then you'll see like a total T4 something along those lines, but they never look at your total T3, free T3, reverse T3, uh, T3 uptake, TPO antibodies, TPG antibodies, like all of these things that really matter to give you a full picture. And we've talked about this as well in terms of, you know, is it a brain based hypothyroidism or is it autoimmune? Um, is it a cellular based hypothyroidism? There's different types of thyroid issues. And so some people, they just get on this prescription, right? Level thyroxine because their TSH maybe was out of balance or just their symptoms warranted it and got a prescription somehow over time you become less and less sensitive to that and they increase your dose. You don't feel a difference. They increase your dose, right? And so this is also masking the issue. Uh, And so here's what I would say, because I have, uh, I think I mentioned this last Friday on a podcast, but I have a post that I'm working on. It's not completely finished yet, but it's basically about how you can kind of start to take the same approach with supplements as you do with conventional medicine in terms of, you know, holistic medicine and herbs and functional medicine and all of that, like supplement the symptoms, supplement the symptom. And a lot of times when I'm going through different, you know, things like Beck and I were just talking about a Dutch test uh, that I had and this girl didn't have any glaring like warrant for HRT, but took it, you know, after and went to an HRT clinic and they're giving her, um, you know, hormones and stuff. And I'm like, okay, you're in their care now, but at the end of the day, we are trying to address the root cause issues. You've just gone through severe SIBO. You have a lot of inflammation. You have a lot of neurotransmitter uh, issues. I know there's different genetic SNPs that are off for her. And so if it helps, I'm I'm happy that uh, you know that may support the symptoms, but the work still needs to be done to address underlying root cause issues. And that's where I think there's a big miss. We don't want people to be miserable, right? We want them to find symptom relief 100%. But another gal I had yesterday, a lot of her stuff, it literally came down to stress and inflammation and you need to chill the F out. Your body is going to start to really get depleted here or things are gonna get worse if you don't calm things down. And by that, when I say inflammation, we don't mean just taking high dose fish oil. We mean like, look at your day to day. What are all the things in your environment that you are ingesting, you're putting onto your body, into your body, you're breathing in, all of those types of things, what types of foods are you consuming and are you getting enough nourishment uh, in terms of you know vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and things that can really help combat inflammation? Are you taking care of underlying infections that can be driving inflammation? So there's just a lot here. And so that's why if you're not working with somebody who is skilled and who is trained, to get to the root cause, you can make things worse. And that's what we want to talk about because there are, you know, I love um, Megan from Vital. We're having her on in a few weeks and she always says there's no free lunch. And isn't that so true, right? If I go on something, understand there is a cost, there's repercussions because when we're looking at some of these replacements or supports, If you're not doing it in the right way and you're not monitoring your levels, it can start to flood the body with unnatural levels. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can cause a lot of different responses, including what I already mentioned in terms of reduced sensitivity. So that's number one is reduced receptor sites. So your body reminding you again that your body is an amazing vessel. It has all these mechanisms, all of these protective backup systems to really help prevent things from growing really haywire. And so in response to some of these Medications or hormones that you might be taking, the receptor sites on your cells for particular hormones um, might downregulate. They might become reduced uh, in an attempt to protect you from too much hormone interaction. And so, again, you could have plenty of thyroid hormone, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone in the bloodstream, but you don't have that sensitivity. And that goes back to what I mentioned about is it a cellular? based hypothyroidism, a brain based hypothyroidism or a true hypothyroidism and, or is there an autoimmune component? So those are all questions that we would want to ask before we're recommending anything. Yeah. And this is the
0: problem with taking
1: medications
0: or birth controls or hormones and not feeling better and you get tested and levels look okay in the blood. And this is because of this problem. When you are not, the, the receptors are not receiving the hormone interaction. And so they're still having, you still have blood levels that are normal, but they aren't getting into those cells. And so you don't feel the effect and the positive effect that they can have. So that's one big red flag. Like if you're on thyroid hormone and you don't feel better in terms of energy, you know, temp, body temperature, you're cold all the time still, you're still dealing with hair loss, all of those things, you're likely in a place where your cells are just not receiving the hormone. Um, And the way that you fix that is you have to come off and resensitize yourself. I mean, do not come off cold turkey. You need to work with someone to do that. And it's a process. Um, But in the majority of situations, you have to resensitize the cells. The other thing is hormone regulation starts to get altered. So the hypothalamus and pituitary gland. So the hypothalamus is kind of this stress command center in your brain. And the way that I explain the hypothalamus is it's essentially... It takes in all information all day long. <laughs> so are you cold? Did you get in a fight with your spouse? Are you hungry? What's you know going on in traffic? Like what's work like? What's your stress level? Your, your hypothalamus is basically this cellular antenna that's taking in all information around you. And though that, along with the pituitary, this, the hypothalamus talks to the pituitary, and the pituitary is what sends the signals to create hormones from the adrenals, from the thyroid, from the ovaries. And they're in constant communication with hormonal cells to regulate and control the amounts of those circulating hormones. And if the brain senses that there's not enough hormone, there is a signal to produce more, secrete more. If it senses there is too much, as is the case with hormone replacement, and if you are getting too much, then it will slow down production. And after a while, the constant bombardment essentially of artificial hormone will shut down hormone production altogether. And the gland then atrophies, and loses function and makes, you know, those creams that you're on, the pill that you're on, whatever, necessary, essentially. And that's why coming off of these can be hard. It is very helpful for a lot of people in the long term, but it's a hard process. When I've had to multiple times detox people off of hormones in terms of whether they're on a pellet and testosterone gets way too high, they don't feel good. And when you detox them off it, they feel worse for a period of time because that pellet or that cream or whatever they were on, that thyroid medication was kind of keeping them afloat, but not well. And so there is a period of time for a lot of people that you need to slowly detox yourself off of those hormones and allow your body. And cause yes, you can regenerate those glands. I mean like after menopause, the ovaries are kind of peace out. They're not coming back online, but if you are premenopausal, You should be able to regenerate those things to an extent. And so we want to make sure that we're treating the body well. We're not taking too high of doses. And if you're taking too high of doses and you don't feel good, it's another huge red flag. Because again, your body has stopped creating its own. And so we need to allow for the body to do its job, right? And the other piece that we want to talk about is when you specifically go on estrogen, Estrogen prescriptions like birth controls that have like ethinyl estradiol in them or oral estrogen that you take during menopause or, you know, if you're on a prescription medication for estrogen, the ones that we like the most are ones that pulse similar to the body's pulse. Because when you produce hormones, it's kind of a little pulse frequently. You produce a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Pellets, for example, are like hammer. shock. Shock wave to the body. (laughs) (laughs) We took out the paddles and we shocked the body. But now there's all this hormone throughout the body, right? And so that's why we recommend things like trochees on a daily basis or injections a few times a week in a really small dose, like something very minimal because that's natural, more natural to the body and how the body produces it. So the body doesn't develop that increased insensitivity. But when we're taking higher doses – For example, I mentioned before, etinol estradiol that's in birth control is about 100 times more potent than our body's estrogen, our natural occurring estrogen. And so when we go on these things for hot flashes, for birth control, for my periods were too heavy, I had an irregular period, every other reason that you go to your OB for, here's birth control, here's an antidepressant. And it's the birth control, it's the flavor
1: of the month, usually.
0: Yes, whatever salesperson came in there Mm -hmm. that previous month and they're selling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Um, And I think too, it's, listen, ladies, do I love having a period every month? Not really. Do I love the ability that I can produce a child if I want to? Absolutely. But if you're not wanting to do that, right, then I get that it can be kind of annoying. But the answer is not to just shut it all down, right? Or to just take it all out. Like if you don't need to, like I've had people tell me, like, I was just tired of having periods. So just let them take it all. okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, your body was designed for a very specific reason and purpose. And again, you know, even though it's not enjoyable, the thing that I would say is just make it work for you. We've talked about cycle syncing. We've talked about seed cycling. We've talked about ways to support so that your period, you know, just kind of comes and goes and you don't have to have a lot of those symptoms. Um, I get that it's annoying, but what is more imperative to understand is There are downstream effects. There's always a side effect to things that you do. So for example, we know that birth control is the number one nutrient depleting prescription on the market. And so when we look downstream at all of these things that get depleted in the body, you have more symptoms that show up. So just a few that we'll cover here, but B vitamins, across the board, all B vitamins get depleted in the body. And so you either need to be supporting, we always say, if you have to be on birth control, that's the route that you go because it's pregnancy prevention or you really need to be on it then, okay, take some sort of B-complex or prenatal uh, with folate in it. So when we are depleted in B vitamins, we can experience things like uh, low antioxidant levels, fatigue, depression, heart disease, uh, anemias, Birth defects. I mean, this would be more if you were folate deficient and you weren't, you know, unable to process folic acid into folate. Uh, I would also say, you know, amongst the B vitamins, this is really important for intrinsic factor in the gut microbiome producing stomach acid levels, absorbing B vitamins, creating B vitamins in large intestine. There's a variety of things with B vitamins; they're really important. Zinc deficiency. This is required for stomach acid production, so this can mean that you would have reduced optimal digestion, so poor digestion. Maybe that results for you in bloating or gas or burping or reflux. Maybe you're getting sick all the time. The immune system's taking a hit. It's really important for the immune system as well. 80% of that resides in the gut. Magnesium deficiency, issues with sleep, issues with blood sugar, muscle spasms, um, a variety of things, headaches, right? So all of this that you're taking, whether or not it is a thyroid medication or birth control, another type of medication, just remember there's no free lunch, It all comes at a cost. There is a website, Integrative uh, Therapeutics. It's a drug interaction checker. I've mentioned this before on other podcasts. I would recommend you go and you plug in any prescription medication that you are on and look at the depletions, look at things that would be supportive, and look at the potential interactions as well. We do that for all clients coming in because we want to see. Man, if I've got a gal on birth control and I've got her on two or three other things, especially a PPI, she mandatory needs to be on some sort of lozenge or sublingual a couple times a day for B vitamins and folate and you know zinc and things like that. So the other piece here is that this also taxes your detoxification pathways and really burdens the liver. Um, your liver is part of the detoxifications, one of the seven detoxification organs in the body. Your skin is your largest detoxification organ. We've talked about that. It's the largest surface. It's a great barometer of health on the inside. So if you've got a lot of skin issues, look to support your liver, right? Really look to support your lymphatic system, your bowel movements, all of those things. But what happens with the liver is it tries to break all of these things down and cleanse your body of excess, whatever that is, pathogens, medications, hormones, um, but eventually if it's not able to do that, whether or not you're on a hormone, if you just, let's say have more estrogen dominance in general and you're constipated and you're not going to the bathroom all the time or bile's not working well, you eventually store more of that in your fat cells. This is where we talk about like estrogen belly. Um, there's a lot of fat cells that reside and find their warm, cozy home in the mid section. So, This is really important when it comes to not just the things that you're putting on your body, but also thinking about endocrine disruptors and how you're clearing these things out. Um, This can also lead to things like high cholesterol or, you know, again, lowered energy, poor immunity, uh, and things like that. And if we really think about it, the higher levels of toxicity in the body, the higher levels of infection and inflammation Mm -hmm. that's just going to weigh you down. And this is going to result typically in a lot of joint pain, brain fog. I mean, the list, we could go on and on here with all these symptoms because you're just backing up all of these toxins that you can't clear out. Yep, and
0: specifically, estrogen can get really toxic if it's accumulated and recirculated through the body and due to poor liver detoxification abilities. And there are some genetic factors that make this more likely for people. Um, Certain people are more prone to pushing estrogen down kind of more potent, harmful pathways uh, within the body. And when you allow estrogen to get back into the bloodstream because the liver can't detox it because it's so stressed, you're not pooping regularly, it actually recirculates in a more toxic form. And that form is what we call like 4-hydroxyestrone or estradiol, 16-hydroxyestrone or estradiol, um, 4-OH or 16-OH pathways. And these toxic forms dramatically increase the risk of breast cancer and ovarian cancer, increase the risk of endometriosis, cysts, cervical dysplasia, menopause, andropause, thyroid disorders, because they drive more inflammation. They drive genetic mutation. For the 16-OH pathway particularly, it drives tissue growth so it'll drive like endometriosis, the cysts, the fibroids, things like that. So again, coming back to the liver, making sure that inflammation's under control, we're not putting more stress on the liver by putting more hormones and more medication into it. If there's other things that need to be addressed because in the bottom line of all of this is when you're on these things without first addressing the root issue, the root issue never gets addressed. So even though the problem is too much hormone, blood tests, like I said, will potentially look at you know that floating around hormone that you're taking. And so unfortunately, you're not gonna see the problem as clearly as it's there if there's the sensitivity issue. And in some situations, it will still show low because the body's not able to use it. And so then you get more and you get more and we're not addressing the problem. We see this, I say we probably see this most frequently with thyroid because what'll happen is they're taking a T4 support. So level thyroxine. And then when you go and get blood work, you'll, the doctor will probably look at TSH and T4 levels. They might be normal. We don't look at T3 levels though. And how many times Mm -hmm. I've seen someone on level thyroxine and their T4 is fine. Their T3 is low because it's a conversion issue. It's a tissue based issue. Or they're on it, T4 is fine, TSH is really high because it's brain-based. Yep. You know, like there, There's many different scenarios. We are not against bioidentical HRT. I am against people being on thyroid medication unnecessarily, high doses, not addressing the root issue. Because when we go about doing this with our clients, hormones are like step three. And when we get there, the body is much more prepared to utilize them well. And we know, okay, we've done the work, right? We know that hormones are the, like in a lot of women, low hormones are an issue and you need HRT to bring back vitality, to bring back optimal life. Like that is a thing. But I never, ever put hormones in first before addressing anything else. If you're dealing with a lot of symptoms, because it's usually something else too. That's a bigger issue, a bigger root issue. And then, like our mentor says, hormones on top of inflammation creates a watery mess.
1: Yeah, and especially in certain seasons of life, it's important to remember too. We have all of these pulses, but we also have a lot of fluctuations throughout yes. the time of the month. And when somebody is going through perimenopause, let's say they're getting a period every two weeks, estrogen's all over the place. You might have just caught it high or low on a test. And so again, that's where you have to use the clinical knowledge and experience. Sometimes I do see the estrogens really high, and I see the you know those pathways are um, not you're not clearing estrogen down the pathways that we want, and so we we need to detoxify that, and that can happen for a variety of reasons. One of those being xenoestrogens. Um, I think it's also important before we dive into that piece, though, to discuss briefly who is maybe at a higher risk of really falling into the low hormone category, that early menopause, because we are seeing even people in their thirties coming back really low hormones, diet, deprivation, dieting. So you're under eating. I'm eating 1200 calories, maybe less than that. I'm fasting. You know, I'm trying to eat as minimal as possible and as minimal as fat as possible, because that's what, you know, somebody told me on the interwebs or a previous coach to get shredded, or that's the way to lose the fat that I'm wanting to lose. And so you've just chronically dieted. And I say deprivation diet because you're depriving your body of all of the nutrients and the energy in terms of calories that it needs. Then we think about all of the things that are cofactors to building hormones that you're now also not taking. Um, I had a coach tell me one time that she wanted me to count my omegas as like calories because that would count towards my fat stores. And I was like, you can F off. That's what? No. No.
0: I mean, there is fat. Thank you.
1: There is, but you are coming down but that yes, little to I the know. gram of like, huh? that's the thing that wasn't moving the needle uh, to lose weight for a week is the damn fish oil pills I was taking. Uh, and so deprivation dieting in one high stress, and that stress can be physical where you're overtraining, you're going to the gym couple hours a day talking to a girlfriend of mine yesterday she's like yeah i'm still lifting 3 to 4 days a week but then i'm coming home and playing this vr game and i was like oh my gosh i can't um you're burning a lot of calories that way though it sounds so fun i'm watching some of those videos there was a mom on the vr in her kitchen the other day it was like accidentally like running into like the microwave and like punching the cabinet i was like what the heck is going on here <laughs> um entertaining videos, which makes me remember that. But, but, you know, you are overtraining and then you're under eating, right? And maybe there's a lot of other stress. Maybe there's toxic relationships. Maybe you have a really stressful job. Maybe your sleep is not where it needs to be. You're not recovering. There can be a variety of reasons. Um, and, And we see that a lot. I know Becca sees it a lot too with, you know, some of her gals and... I can't think of, you know, other reasons off the top of my head, but other thing I would think is just be like inflammation and medications and deficiencies, genetics. Yeah. I mean, the body just can't keep up. You guys, I mean, and the
0: hardest part is (laughs) slowing down when it's hard to slow down. You know, it's, if we are just so depleted and you want to heal, you're going to have to give your body more support than just like some vitamins and some extra food. The, you truly to turn things around the majority of people truly need to make drastic lifestyle changes. And a lot of people just aren't willing to do that. And know? for some
1: people, I think it requires, you're probably going to gain a little bit of weight if yes. you're really, you know, petite and you're really small, your body might need a few more pounds on it, a, a little bit more body fat percentage to function optimally. And some people, you know, depending upon their history, they might not be able to wrap their head around that. And so then there's other work that has to be done. So anyways, back to you know other things that can impact uh, this. And we were talking about uh, xenoestrogens. So these are what we call hormone mimickers. Probably heard a lot about them. You know, We think about BPAs and all of these things that act as these xenoestrogens. They're basically artificial compounds um, and they have estrogenic effects in the body. And so they do differ chemically, Um, from other naturally occurring estrogens in the body, but they bind to estrogen receptors and they send like unintended signals. Um, And so when we think about this, you know, this can really contribute to excess estrogen building up in the body um, and or block the true effects of estrogen, you know, is natural and normal. And so, this is something that we can also look at in terms of SHBG. This is a blood marker for sex hormone binding globulin. So, natural estrogen um, produced in the body, estradiol specifically, depends upon SHBG in order to enter into the cell. However, when we have free estrogen molecules that are able to interact directly with the cell without the need for SHBG, um, this is what allows the artificial estrogen to enter into the cells faster. And so that inhibits the natural form of estrogen getting in. So endocrine disruptors, you know, we think about those. Uh, You can look at the EWG, there's a website there, Um, you know, that can be anything in your hair, hair care, skin care, all that stuff. As you guys are watching us on YouTube, which hopefully you are, uh, you're probably saying, "Well, Liz, you have artificial fingernails, you have hair coloring, and yes, that would be correct. I do, uh, but I do aim to minimize a lot of other things, right? I have a uh, a nice cup that's not plastic. I don't heat my uh, food in plastic. I main, you know, mainly use glass for everything, and so I really try to do the best that I can um, mm-hmm. to offload some of these you know, estrogens that are just in our environment. And that's gonna be one of the key things that hopefully you guys can take away from this podcast today is there's a lot that you can do naturally. And I suggest you do these things naturally before you walk into an HR clinic and they just, hey, well what do you need? Because they you will they will it,
0: mm-hmm. it is money. Money, money, money is the HRT world.
1: I think I'm gonna quit my job in an H- open right? HRT can we? clinic. Let's- <laughs> can
0: let's just extend, I mean, extend of extension of fit mom. <laughs> not a good idea. Um, so some natural things that you can do. Hydration is huge. I talked a little bit on my reel. um, when you go through hormonal fluctuations, your body gets kind of dysregulated in how it stores water. And so you need better hydration during periods of like perimenopause, PMS, all of that is extremely important because it impacts how your body stores water, anti-inflammatory nutrition, is above all else. Like Mm -hmm. food is your biggest input. It always will be. And so I know that a lot of times we think we're eating healthy or we think we're eating enough, but I challenge people regularly to like track a day or two of your food, truly track a day or two. Are you taking a bunch of bites and licks of things? Are you not eating at all consistently enough? Like what is your trend, right? Because before you do anything supplement wise, you have to make sure that you're eating Good quality foods, whole food-based diet. Of course, no one's going to be 100% on that, but like you should be 80 to 90% ideally, and then you are eating enough for your body's needs. Intermittent fasting can be actually pretty helpful for hormone sensitivity when done correctly. Again, we never start with that. We never start with keto. We never start with more specific extreme protocols, I guess you could call them, or advanced protocols, but they can be used to help with things. Exercise regularly, reducing stress, improve sleep, some salt baths, improving the gut again, always a root issue. And then there are some supplements that you can do, um, depending on your situation, but I don't even know if we're going to talk about them because I feel like I don't want someone to go take a bunch of supplements. If you know, the one thing I do want to mention is dim. Like we talked about mm. offline. Um, dim is an estrogen lower, lower, lowering, lowering agent. <laughs> Lower. I said that yesterday. I said drier yesterday, and I was like, "Is drier more dry?" I don't even know if drier is a word, other than like our dryer that I dry clothes in. Um, like you want it to. I wa- I, like your skin gets drier. I feel like that's a, that's a word, right?
1: My skin is drier than it has been. Yeah, it's a okay. Word. It's a word. Okay. Anyways, all right, Marcus and I. I just on this note, we <laughs> <laughs> he's been into. We got into a legit argument the other day. <laughs> Like four year old <laughs> screaming at me, I'm. You're so mean to me. I was like, Marcus, I'm simply correcting you by saying that the Titanic sunk. It didn't sank. The Titanic sank. And I was like, No, but the proper word is sunk. Ugh. And then I had to try to go into the whole thing of like past tense. And I was like, Fuck it, you're you're arguing <laughs> with a four year old. This is over his head, Liz. Just let him live. Knowing <laughs> right now, yesterday the Titanic sunk.
0: <laughs> I. Yesterday Carson goes, Mom. When was Godzilla boring? And he was trying to say, when was Godzilla born? And I was like, what the fuck? Who, how, I don't know how to answer this right now, Carson. Like how many questions I get a day where I'm just, <laughs> no effing clue. Okay. I don't know if I should make something up or if I should tell you that he doesn't exist because he doesn't exist. And you think that he lives in oceans and now you're going to be afraid to go in the, like <laughs> raising a toddler is just so much fun. Um, dim back to dim. Dim is a estrogen lowering agent. And so I would never recommend DIM unless I have testing and someone has clear symptoms of estrogen dominance. I need to see estrogen-dominant symptoms. I need to see high outright estrogen because you can have estrogen-dominant symptoms and have low estrogen, and you don't want to be taking DIM in that situation. You want to be on something maybe like a Broccomax or sulfurophane, estrofactor, something that is helping you detox estrogen if you're having estrogen-dominant symptoms, but that was my case. I had low estrogen and low progesterone, but I was estrogen dominant and having estrogen dominant symptoms. I was having night sweats leading into my cycle. I was having, you know, the bloating and the clotting during the period. Like all of those things are estrogen dominant symptoms, but I got testing, I had low estrogen. I would, not, taking DIM in that situation would not be good because it would make it even worse. So I, DIM is like a very largely touted supplement in the world, It's not a safe supplement to take if you are not knowing of your levels. So
1: sulforaphane, Broccomax, brassicas, those things are really helpful um, in terms of just how you process estrogen. So there's a few different things that, you know, we will put into place if we don't know, but we suspect estrogen dominance. Mm-hmm. Um, and those would be, and calcium deglucurate can be really good too, um, for estrogen clearing and, and things. But I really like, um, uh, I mentioned Bracco Max, but there's a company called, I think it's Life Extensions. I'm looking it up right now, but it's, uh, cruciferous vegetable extract and it's cheap and it, Really does well for women under 140 pounds. You can just take one capsule a day. Over 140, take two capsules a day. And that just helps support your estrogen detoxification pathways a little bit better. Um, but it's not going to lower estrogen or anything like that. So even if somebody's like real PMSy, but we don't know directly, then that could be mm-hmm. a route. Or BroccoMax Max, or just increase your brassicas. Broccoli sprouts are great. Get a lot more in there than you do just like eating heads. <laughs> of broccoli. Uh, And then depending upon how you digest that, maybe that wouldn't go so well. So um, yeah, the cruciferous veggie extract is probably one of my favorites. Cause also we want to think, you know, affordability Mm -hmm. uh, for people too. And so hopefully this helps you guys, um, you know, kind of really think about what you're taking when it's time to, you know, go on some of these things. Remember that you want to test and you want to continue to monitor levels, continue to address those underlying issues and Keep moving forward in all phases of life. This is going to change. It's not going to be like I focused on my health for six months and everything. The ship is right and everything is fine now. Um, you know you're going to have to because hormone change all the time in different seasons of life. Forever work on your body because it's your forever body until it's no longer your forever body.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, hormone hormones <laughs> decline starting in your mid 30s. So they and progesterone declines mm-hmm. drastically between the age of 35 to 50. I think it's about 70 percent
1: so unfair. That's a mechanism we need to talk to God about. That's unfair.
0: Estrogen only declines about 35%. So that's why you end up estrogen dominant during menopause and all of the crazy symptoms. And if you were starting with a hormone imbalance or adrenal dysfunction, tons of stress, it's just going to exacerbate those symptoms. So take care of your body and get data and know how to listen to your body and not be a fool and run it into the ground when... You feel like you aren't looking as good as you want to look because it's probably because you're too stressed and you have to do the opposite. So, uh, hopefully, this was helpful and have an amazing rest of your day. Put a smile on your face, never let them take your joy away. Let the sunshine make your day. Take your hand and your love, want to dance a night away. Look it away and escape on a vacation. Life's a marathon, not a relay. It's up to you to do what you love to do. Let no one stop you.